1: Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE. Supporting small and medium-sized businesses by creating greater freedom for them to succeed. I'm in class with my friend and co-host, Ron Baker. And on today's show, we're going to talk about after-action reviews. So, Ron, our last show we did on Top 10 Business Myths, uh, what do you think went well? <laughs>
2: Ed, I think the fact that we got all ten of them in <laughs> uh, was was a great accomplishment. It was
1: two shows though. we did it over two shows. So we did,
2: but even even there, because we could easily do this over two weeks, I think, but yes well, that, that that went really well, I thought.
1: Okay. And anything else that you think went well?
2: I thought we gave some uh, discussed some really good content and and what I really enjoyed about the show is is how this these all of these myths, I think altered our thinking. I mean, we might have at one point in our professional careers believed in some of these myths, but our minds have been changed by empirical evidence. And right. and I think that was a good a good uh, lesson as well. Well, I
1: kind of liked the, the fact that we were able to bring it down to I think we gave some really strong business examples for our audience specifically rather than just keep it pie right. in the sky. Because I think with a lot of the material that we do uh, we we could get stuck on stuff that's just too highfalutin and, and really not make it practical. And I think we did a good job with those myths, giving, giving some specific examples.
2: Right. Not not staying uh, too esoteric. Yeah, I agree.
1: Well, but what do you think did not go so well, Ron?
2: Well, like most of these things, I mean, you know, you always think, oh, I could have used a better example or I, I, I could explain this in a more clear way with a better metaphor or a better analogy. And, you know, this is one of the things that we do after every show, right? We talk about how we could have said that better. I guess it's kind of like an actor, you know, reviewing the scene. I could have, you know, I flubbed that line or we, I, I could have moved this way or turned that way or something. And, and I, I think, there, you know, you can always use better stories and you can always explain yourself more clearly
1: yep I think one of the things that we could have done better on this particular show was was we, this was the first time that we had had three sponsors, which is great i mean we we're, we're we're the show's expanding which is fantastic but it was really the first time that we had different sponsors leading into different breaks and as a result, I think we forgot to to plug our stuff by, you know, like saying you can get a hold of us at TSOE at verisage.com. And, and even forgetting to give the the Twitter hashtags for for people following along. So I I think that's one of the things that we need to get better on uh, in the future with managing the multiple sponsorships.
2: Right. Right. Good point. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, this, this, Process of asking these questions is is I think uh, very interesting because this obviously is the topic of today's show.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> you, f- you figured you figured that out, Ron. That's, where, that where, that that's where I'm leading you. <laughs> and and the last question that we should really talk about in doing this is real, what is really an informal after-action review is what's the one thing that we're going to do different
2: next time to make an improvement. Right, and I and I guess that would have to be you know. Mention ourselves, our, our website and how people can get a hold of us and ask us questions right? and, and, and just try and strive to be clearer and, and always, um, you know, br- bring down the topic to our, our audience and make sure it's relevant to them.
1: Yeah. So constantly, even even on the thing that we thought we did fairly well on, which was making the topic relevant, but really bringing it down and and making sure to concentrate on that, I I agree. Well, although we did it well, it's something that we we can constantly be honing. Well, uh, you know, one of the things that we did do is we we, we use a, a product called Evernote to share and compare notes. And one of the things we created was a little checklist to make sure that we got the breaks, and that will hopefully serve as a reminder to to do some show mentions
2: as as well. Right. Right. And and all this is about you know this process of the after action review. Why don't why don't we get into this Ed, and talk about where this comes from and and why we even want to do it? I mean, m- maybe even back up before the after action review. What are we trying to do here by having That's this whole right. conversation?
1: That's right. And and we're trying to live what what, what we preach. And, and folks, we Ron and I really do conduct after action reviews almost immediately following every show if it, if it's at all physically possible. And, and why are we doing this? Well, because we're, we want to get better. We want to, we want to improve our, our condition, but we also want to improve the human condition. And we think that, that what we have to say on the soul of enterprise here is valuable to some of you out there. And we just want to make sure that we, we have a, a great product for you guys to consume on a regular basis. At least that is, is, is it for me, Ron, but it is some, something else.
2: No, no. I mean I, I, I want this show to be a worthwhile investment because I know people's time is 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 precious. You know, mm-hmm. they could spend it doing many different things. And if they're going to spend this hour with us, then I wanna I wanna make that return on investment very, very high. And and I guess Ed, one of the reasons why we do this and one of the reasons this show is called uh you know, Business in the Knowledge Economy, is because we know how important knowledge is and Knowledge is what we're trying to capture with these after-action reviews. You know, I love the quote uh, or the line that Andrew, Andrew Carnegie said. He said, the only irreplaceable capital an organization possesses is the knowledge and ability of its people. The productivity of that capital depends on how effectively people share their competence with those who can use it. And that's really kind of what the after-action review is designed to do—to share that knowledge and share that learning and competence.
1: Absolutely, Ca- capturing that knowledge because it's—it it really is something that's fleeting, isn't it? I mean, there, there's there's for sure a half-life to it. One of the reasons why we like to do the our after-action review right after is because otherwise we'll forget. And if we do it even one day later, it's going to be half as good as if we did it immediately.
2: Right. It's like interviewing witnesses at a crime scene or something. You know, you want to get to them right away. Otherwise, memories fade, things change, and you, know, you, you lose some of this learning. Exactly.
1: Well, it, we have said, I think, previously, and one of the reasons why we decided to do a show on after action reviews is because we both feel that, that the after action review is the best knowledge management and learning tool that has been designed by mankind, period, full stop yes ever <laughs> <laughs> ever <laughs> underlined seventy two point font, all bold face, blinky lights around it and and, and let's let's talk maybe a, a little bit about the history of these after action reviews it's got a very interesting history most mostly from the United States military interesting corporation <laughs> y-
2: yeah it's it's you know usually we don't look at military organizations because let's face it, their mission is to kill people and break things and and we don't think of them as knowledge organizations. But in this case, certainly, the United States Army, I believe, was the first of, of our branches of the military to introduce this in, in, in its current format. Now, I do believe, Ed, that the military has always done these debriefing exercises, but I think the, the the idea of formalizing it actually came into play in the United States Army, and it was done around the early 1970s. And It was, it was really a
1: response to Vietnam, wasn't it?
2: it it was it was because the morale in the military was so low that they thought that they could increase the morale and and the ethical framework and and moral you know commitments and all all of that by by requiring these after action reviews and it took them a few years to figure it out but what they realized was this is an incredible knowledge tool that we can use that not only makes us more efficient but more effective in our operations and so they they really became quite committed to it and and there's a great book on this and it's called Hope is Not a Method and it's by two guys Gordon R. Sullivan and Michael Harper and it's 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 almost like the definitive historical look at After Action Reviews because I think it was Gordon Sullivan who's like a four star uh, general in the or colonel in the in the army whatever they call him and uh, he he's the one that actually implemented uh, after-action reviews in, and took responsibility for. And he talks about the struggle and 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 how this is a big cultural change. And you know, it took him a long time to get this into the culture.
1: It, decades, decades, I believe. I mean, they've they've been doing them since the since the early seventies. But my understanding is it wasn't until late in the 1980s and 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 maybe really with the first gulf war 1991 where where these really became so prevalent and ubiquitous and or i should say embraced by the, the actual commanders and people on the ground
2: right and and you know if we just step back for a minute and, you, and if you, i know it's kind of a bizarre uh, example but think of the stradivarius violin you know even with all of our modern technology and our 3D printing and 3D imaging and computers and all that, we cannot to this day replicate a Stradivarius violin. We've tried many times, and this is kind of known as the Strativ- Stradivarius secret. Just imagine if Stradivarius would have, or, or I think his name was Antonio Stradivari, just think if he would have done after-action reviews, some of this knowledge might have survived. And we may be able to replicate. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to capture this knowledge. Because if you think about the aging workforce, we're going to have all these really, really smart people for the first time retiring in waves from organizations. And not only are we going to lose their day-to-day labor, we're going to lose their knowledge. And and how do you capture that knowledge so the younger folks can, can have access to it and be able to do their jobs more uh, effectively. And that's really what the after action review is designed to do in a business context.
1: Right, Ca- capture that knowledge. And and not, you know, there's a there's a crazy term out there, I think the Tofflers came up with it, obsolescence, right? Obsolete knowledge. And I, and I think yes. what they almost mean by that is the stuff that really is not is u- not useful anymore, obsolete. So it's, you know, Herbert Hoover's hat size no longer like really needs to be preserved to the annals of history, but Right, what, or we don't, have to, we don't have to learn how to use a slide
2: rule anymore.
1: Right, right. But there is this knowledge that exists with these folks that are out there now, and as you say, who are getting closer and closer to retirement age every day, the baby boomers, that is important knowledge. And, and, and I look at, at a specific example of, of, say, going to the moon. Now, I, it's my understanding. We don't know how to go anymore. We, we would have to reinvent our way to the moon.
2: That's right. We, NASA actually admits that they've lost this knowledge. Now, some of that's good, Ed, because obviously I think the technology that we'd use to get to the moon today is going to be much different than, than what we used in the past. But it is kind of interesting when you think about that you can lose that type of knowledge. Where does it go?
1: Yeah, it's so very true. I mean, it, it, you look no further the next time you get on the plane, you know, take take a quick glance left at the at the the cockpit of of any uh plane that you get on and there's all of these switches and knobs and and dials and I I'm pretty sure that they just leave them up there for show because they control everything with their laptops now. I mean, that's right. so- <laughs> Which is, I, I feel a lot better with, you know, some guy flipping the switch, but, but yeah, you know, the, 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 those types of instrumentation stuff. But I, I think those are the the things that we we don't want to lose. Those, those uh, you know, some, sometimes referred to poorly as where the bodies are buried, but um, about this important knowledge about things that we're going to need in the future,
2: right. And And you know when when we come back from this break folks we're going to talk about this idea that we all know more than we can tell so uh, what is knowledge and and how does it how do we distinguish between uh the types of knowledge that we're talking about and the types of knowledge that we're trying to capture in an after action review? So when we come back, we're going to give you two different types of knowledge and why the after action review is so good at capturing one of them so But first, we'd like to remind you that you can uh, email Ed or myself at tsoe at com. We love getting your emails. We we continue to get emails from folks all around the world now, Ed, which is uh, really exciting. And uh, let us know what you think about the show, possible topics that you'd like us to discuss, or even if you have a question. And you can always visit us at verisage.com slash tsoe, where we post show notes and Ah, uh, give you more detail on every show, and and we link to all the books that we discuss and all of that. But first, we'd like to take this break from our from our new sponsor, uh, Leading Results. So let's let's hear from them, and then we'll be back.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You've experienced it. Marketing and selling has changed dramatically in the last few years. The search engine has completely altered the way customers buy. Your clients are now driving the process their way. At Leading Results, we know how to work with this. We don't just jump in and start doing. Together, we plan your marketing strategy. Install a website that gets results and create lead generation programs that drive sales. Visit leadingresults.com TSOE to find out more and to schedule a 30-minute conversation with us. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Table for one? Right. There's like a 12 of you, miss. Oh,
3: that's just my back office. They're always with me. Okay. With Sage, you're securely connected to your back office no matter where you are. So you can make the sale, send the invoice, and see how it all adds up from anywhere. Uh, They're not going to get out of hand, are they? Now the power to make confident business decisions follows you everywhere. Use Sage to make your back office as mobile as you are at workfromsage.com. That's workfromsage.com.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: are tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit verisage.com you may also tweet us at verisage that's v-e-r-a-s-a-g-e now back to the soul of enterprise
1: hey ron great job incorporating the after action review into the lead up for the first break
2: <laughs> Thanks, Ed. I, I do try and learn from uh, from mistakes and omissions. So, <laughs> well, the whole point
1: is is that look, this stuff actually works. We 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 got called out called out. And we still led the sponsor break on the way in and talked about ourselves, TSOE at Verisage dot com. So it's super. Right, right. Uh, you were mentioning though on on the way out that that there's different types of knowledge and the two that I'm aware of is tacit and explicit. Could, could you maybe explain those two? And is there another type or is that the, the two types you were thinking about? Th-
2: those were the two types I was okay. thinking about. And, and, and this is best illustrated. I, I just love this story. You know, a teacher tells one of his pupils to write a letter to his parents and the student complains, it's hard for me to write a letter. And the teacher says, why? You're, you're a year older now. You know, we're talking like second or to third grade. He says, why it's, is it so hard? You're a year older. And he says, yes, but a year ago, I could say everything I knew. I, I, you know, <laughs> so it, it, it's obvious that we all know more than we can tell. And this was Michael Polanyi, who, who was at, actually at one point Albert Einstein's research assistant, and then he kind of turned into a philosopher. He drew a distinction between tacit and explicit knowledge. And to illustrate this, think about explaining to somebody how to ride a bike or to swim, you know, yeah, you can intellectualize it to a point, but that's very, very tacit knowledge, right? To to to, to know how to ride a bike.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas explicit knowledge is something that you can get from reading a book or from watching a video or PowerPoint presentation or looking at a spreadsheet or something like that. That's explicit knowledge where we can <clears throat> we can put it somewhere we can reuse it later. But tacit knowledge is that sticky stuff that's in your head that's really hard to draw out. And I do think this is a fascinating distinction.
1: And and it's beyond just the physical, too, because as you were, were going through that, I'm thinking with, with my son, okay, I can explain to him that, you know, Babe Ruth hit 713 home runs, Hank Aaron hit 755, Barry Bonds, et cetera. And, but, and that's, the, and that's the explicit knowledge, Right. Right, but we're last night we were at at, at practice, and he's we we're just moving from coach pitch to kid pitch, mm-hmm. and the difficulty that not just my son but all of them are having with the concept that okay. The ball is not going to always be over the plate like it was in coach pitch. <laughs> Although, in all fairness, I I had I did hit a couple of kids, including my own. But for the <laughs> most part, when the when the coach was pitching to them, they they knew that okay, it was going to be pretty much near the strike zone. Now they have to incorporate a, a couple of different things in. First of all, is the ball in the strike zone or not? Right. But here's the hard part. If you're going to hit a baseball, and this is what we were working on them with, with them last night, is we, they have to, you have to assume that it is, right? And we, what, we're, what we're, we keep telling them is assume a swing. A, assume – we tell them think yes, right? So the whole idea behind a swing is yes, 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 and then at the last second, no, right? Because you mm-hmm. see that it's a ball. Because if you, are wait, if you wait until it's a, you decide if it's a ball or a strike to decide, yes, I've got a swing – Right. You're too late. The it's opportunity's the, it, gone. The opportunity's sure. gone. And I can't tell you how often that's happened to people and conversations that I've had with people in business, right? I mean, and this, this gets to something we did talk about in the myths and all of the stuff is that let, let's just – the, the, the analyzing the data, right? The endless backward-looking at data to be able to make a decision is a lot like, is it a strike or is it not? you got to be thinking yes, Right, <laughs> you'd be thinking yes, and then maybe you pull up, pull you back out at the last second and, and say no. But I think there's a isn't there? A, there's a lesson in there.
2: There, there is. There's a great lesson in there. In fact, you know, they talk about ex- explicit knowledge being low bandwidth, like reading a book by Jack Nicholas How to Golf. Actually, playing golf with Jack Nicholas would be tacit knowledge, which is very high bandwidth. But it also illustrates the point. I think what you were saying. Between tacit knowledge is dynamic, whereas explicit knowledge is static. Mm-hmm. Right. If I publish a book, that knowledge that's in there might—it's very static, obviously—and at some point, it might become obsolete. Has mm-hmm. you know, hence Alvin Toffler's great awkward word, Absolage, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, obsolage, Uh which is tr- very true. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge that's completely obsolete and wouldn't do us any good. And that's really kind of what uh, Pauliani was saying, that we need to draw this distinction because what's fascinating about this said we, in the internet age is people say, well, information wants to be free, and, and, and that's true. And to some extent, you can even get explicit knowledge now off of the internet. I mean, I can go to the Mayo Clinic or md.com, and even as a layperson, I can learn certain things about you know various ailments or diseases or whatever. But I don't have that tacit knowledge that my doctor has,
1: <laughs> what what my my doctor refers to as Doctor Google. Right? I I, I walk in there and I'm like, I'm I got a tumor. <laughs> He's like, Ed, you've been going to Doctor Google <laughs> again, haven't you? Like, yes. It's just, so that, it started off with a light fever, <laughs> and then okay, well that's everything from the common cold to Ebola. All right, right. So stop going to Dr. Google.
2: You know, I love the the French uh, saying, uh, je ne sais quoi, I, I don't know what, right? Uh-huh. You just, you don't know what. In other words, it, it's very hard to articulate uh, tacit knowledge. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, you can't describe Marilyn's, Marilyn Monroe's face, but if I showed you hundreds of pictures, you'd be able to pick her out almost instantaneously, Mm-hmm. Which, if you think about that, that's very, very interesting.
1: And it's interesting how we how we would do that as opposed to a computer, too. Because we would be able – we would scan. We wouldn't have to look at every single picture, whereas a computer algorithm would have to go through – it would have to go through every photo until it found the one in Marilyn Monroe. Now, it can do it really fast now, Right. And right. This is the whole idea of why is it that that a a chess program can now beat the top best chess player? Because yes, it ha- we we have gotten to the point where the, the machines happen so quickly. They're still not as creative. They're still not. They still don't have the ability to create something new.
2: Right. Right. Yep. And and you know the other interesting thing about tacit knowledge is it's a social process between mm-hmm. individuals. You know, we it'd be very difficult to do an after-action review by yourself. You you could do it, and you could turn some of that tacit knowledge into explicit knowledge. But it, it when there's more than one mind working on it, that's really when you start sharing that sticky, you know, hard to describe knowledge. Right. No,
1: and I absolutely think that that you you have to conduct an after-action action review with another person. Yeah. Yes. I suppose in theory you could sit down and answer the the questions and 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 we'll we'll go through some of those questions as as we move through the show here and even give you a, a an online resource when we post the show notes that's a, a an agenda for an after action review meeting but it, it, I always encourage people when I'm teaching this topic to ha- to do this with someone even if they're a sole proprietor they should they should go through the after action review process with a spouse significant other Uh, brother sister mother it doesn't matter have someone just talk this through with you and they said well what if they they didn't participate i said that's great it it doesn't matter
2: it's even better yeah Yeah. (laughs) because then they're not attached to anything and the other thing in one of our shows i think the economy and mind show we talked about three types of intellectual capital we talked about human capital, and that's 80% of the developed world's wealth these days. So this is why you know, we call the show what we do, but why we focus so much on knowledge workers and intellectual capital. There's social capital, which is obviously customers and vendors and your relationships and networks and all of that. But there's also structural capital, and that's the stuff that stays inside of your firm after the humans go home at night. And what's really interesting about the After Action Review is – it's designed to get that human capital out of our heads and put it somewhere so we can put it in the structural capital and reuse it. And that's mm-hmm. really what the after-action review is designed to do in a business setting.
1: And in a sense, we we see echoes of that. I mean, something as crazy as the cave paintings in, what is it, Vichy, France, right, where that i'm firmly convinced that that was either that was either a, a SWOT analysis right with or perhaps it was an after action review you know here's how the hunt went <laughs> you know the buffalo had the horns but we had the bows and arrows and this is why this was was better for us but i mean in a sense that we can we can get knowledge from eons ago if when it's properly converted from that social capital uh, into structural
2: capital. Right. And and with the digital age now, this is so much easier because we can, you know, we just put an iPhone on the table and either video or record uh, an after action review. We no longer have to have a, a reporter like a stenographer there. You know, these used to be typed up in the Army's old days, right? Mm-hmm. And now you can, you, there's so many ways to capture this and store them on blogs, intranets, all sorts of different types of media platforms and and now they're of course all searchable so these become just much more effective tools to use.
1: Right. And and I mean even you know converting them over to text from from that point you know just record them as an mp3 and use a service to convert it to to a text file that can be because one of the cool things about text is that it can be read at what four or five times faster. Than right. some than, than someone who's who's listening to it listening
2: right and and Ed you know when I first ran across the after action review uh, and it was it, it's over a decade now when I first learned about this to me I, I was it was just like one of those aha moments I thought back all the experiences in my career when I. When I redid something and I reinvented the wheel that had already been done a million times simply because I didn't know. I didn't know the right person in my organization to go talk to. I didn't know where this knowledge was. So I ended up going down a a much steeper learning curve because of that. And I thought, oh, geez, if if we would have had this, it would have made us a heck of a lot more effective.
1: Yes, I totally agree. And when we get back from our break, I would like to go through like the, the elements of an after action review with you so we can a- explain them piece by piece to to our audience and maybe give some examples of how we have put these into practice in our in our, in our own lives. But first, we want to remind you that you can email us at TSOe at varisage.com pound tsoe is the hashtag on twitter or alternatively verisage.com slash tsoe for show notes and all of those wonderful things that we have up on the web Uh, right now we're going to go to our second sponsor and that is azamba so we'll be back after this break from azamba
3: the boardroom to you Voice America Business Network Table for one Right, there's like a 12 of you, miss Oh, that's just my back office, they're always with me Okay With Sage, you're securely connected to your back office no matter where you are so you can make the sale, send the invoice and see how it all adds up from anywhere Uh, They're not going to get out of hand, are they? Now the power to make confident business decisions follows you everywhere. Use Sage to make your back office as mobile as you are at workfromsage.com. That's workfromsage.com.
2: We're making it easier to listen to the
3: Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry,
1: or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android
2: Market.
0: You've experienced it marketing and selling has changed dramatically in the last few years. The search engine has completely altered the way customers buy. Your clients are now driving the process their way. At Leading Results, we know how to work with this. We don't just jump in and start doing. Together, we plan your marketing strategy. Install a website that gets results and create lead generation programs that drive sales. Visit leadingresults.com TSOE to find out more and to schedule a 30-minute conversation with us.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Kless. To find out more about our show, visit Verisage.com. You may also tweet us at Verisage. That's V-E-R-A-S-A-G-E. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody.
2: We're talking about after-action reviews. And what I'd like to do, Ed, is just kind of quickly explain, you know, the Army, and, and I think I got this out of that book, Hope is Not a Method, which, which, folks, if you're interested in using the after-action review and implementing it in your organization, please get a hold of this book. It it, it really is a fantastic book. Plus, it's got a lot of very interesting uh, historical military examples, which which I absolutely loved. I mean, it's a very engaging book. But one of and, the... And, and ar- just
1: to, wait one point of clarification, Ron, because I think it is that th- there is a book called Hope is Not a Strategy
2: and it's a different book. Co- <laughs> so, correct. Yeah, this is so. Hope is Not a Method. And again, yeah. we'll link to this on the show notes so we yeah. get we, we make sure we get the right book. But I think it's in that book, Ed, where they say the army never wants to build the same bridge twice. And... What this means is, let's like say you had a platoon that was given the uh, task of going out and building up a bridge, you know, to move troops and tanks and things like that. Well, yes, they can take out the, the army manuals and they can go to the site and they can start to build the bridge and the and the army manual will tell them how to build the specific bridge. But one of the things it's not going to be able to tell them is all the little tricks of the trade, you know, yeah, like things like, you know, the army manual says to use this joint or this type of weld or whatever, but in reality, this works better. So all those little things that you learn, all that tacit, sticky knowledge. So what happens now is after that uh, platoon builds that bridge, they come back and they do an after-action review. And and we will walk through the agenda next. But then, Ed, when when another platoon on the other side of the planet is given the exact same task to go build that type of bridge, now the first thing they do is search the army's Databases for after action reviews on building that type of bridge. And they read those first, or maybe they listen to them, but that's going to make that second bridge built much more efficiently and, but more importantly, more effectively. And that's really what they're trying to do. Imagine if you could do that in organizations.
1: And that's exactly what we've designed our after action review agenda to do. To- to do is that in a in an organization whether it's primarily a knowledge organization or not you've got knowledge workers in it so even if you're in the service economy or even in the manufacturing uh, economy you're you're going to have areas in your your company where the after action review is going to be the best tool for it And just to take you through, we we, we strongly encourage a couple things. One, that you have a separate facilitator and scribe because the facilitator really needs to make sure that the process is followed. And this is one of the things where I mentioned earlier that sometimes it's best for this person to not be – have been associated with whatever the engagement matter, whatever you want to call it was or or project was. That it be somebody different just because they, they, they really got to keep things staying on task. We also think that having a scribe as separate from that is important. And just a quick word on scribes, this does not mean that they are the, dic- the, 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 the taking dictation like you see in you know Law and Order, people writing everything, every word that's said down. The, the scribe is really there to capture the insights. And when we take you through the agenda, I'll point out where the scribe would be perhaps uh, ca- capturing some of these inputs and not taking down every word that is said. Uh, we mentioned that we really feel that these should be recorded and, you know, so easy to do with a, with any kind of smartphone that they be MP3 files so that you can have folks go back and listen to them after the fact. You know, imagine if your organization could go back and listen to after-action reviews that were even created five years ago when this technology already existed. Uh, the, the other thing that I think it's important to, to mention about be, be, even before you begin the after action review is that you should tell people that they should bring stuff with them. And the stuff that they need to bring are the ideas. They should have thought about the answers to the questions that we're going to talk to you about before they get to the meeting. And that's that's one thing that you should really strongly encourage your folks to do. You don't want to get to the meeting and have them going, okay, so uh what, well, 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 hmm, let me think about that. No, we really want you to have have thought about that ahead of time before you get to the actual meeting itself, so those are just some, some, th- some things that we, we encourage and there are a couple of other ground rules that k- really come from the military. The, f- the first is they say to go through the ground rules. one of the ground rules is to go through the ground rules <laughs> uh, and, and that, that and 's b- because that in, in the military you know they're, what they're worried about is people for insubordination, things like that and the, the, but the big, and the big number one ground rule is that that these are for learning, not criticism. And that you're absolutely not allowed to attack anyone personally, and that no hierarchy exists during the meeting. In other words, there's no such thing as insubordination um, in in questioning the action of the superior, right? during an after-action review. There still still is during the actual action, but during the after-action review, you are allowed to, in fact, strongly encouraged. And one of the things that the field manual says is, hey, make sure that you have the junior folks speak first. And I think that that's an important lesson to take as well, is you should really have the the, the people in your organization who maybe had less uh, interaction with this particular project or matter or whatever you call it um, they should talk first because if you l- allow the people who had the most interaction to dominate the conversation, well, just like the army, you know if the major says this, the sergeant's gonna say, "Yeah, pretty much what the major said
2: <laughs> right." <laughs> and that they even actually, like, remove their caps or insignia or whatever because there's no rank here. They either. do.
1: I was told this it, it, fascinating story by by someone who uh, – in fact, the, the person who gave me the field manual for this. He, he had done two tours of duty in Iraq, and he told me this great story of how when they do an after-action review, they take off their hats and put the, the put it rank down on the table to signify that they're – for temporarily that they have relinquished their rank, which is, is – if any of you have done any – Time in any branch of the service know that that's a pretty big deal.
2: Right, right. Uh, and, and, and by the way, I just love how on your agenda, which folks will post up, Ed's, Ed did up this great agenda, uh, and you know he wants you to bring at least three things that you think well and three things that you think have, could have gone better and just in my defense Ed, you, you sprung the after action review on me at the start of the show so i didn't have time to think <laughs> about these things i had to do it off the cuff so i felt uh, like no, i broke but, my own rule right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if you if you think about it ahead of time i think it uh, it helps a, a lot more
1: so anyway sometimes i feel that going through those ground rules even though they're probably more pertinent in the military makes sense in a business context as well just to remind mind people but then the first real question that's then asked is what were the objectives of whatever this was again this project engagement matter what whatever it is that you call it inside your organization and what's interesting about this question is that is that a lot of folks come back and say well you know what i was unclear <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> objectives were and you know here he, here's a big no-no in the army that that's not going to fly Right, And that's, that is perhaps one of the first learnings that any organization that implements after-action review learns is that they quickly need clarity of objective around anything and everything that they do. And if they just get that out of the after-action review, it's a win. Yep, Across the board, agree. absolutely a win.
2: You know you you mentioned how organizations can do this, no matter what type of work or service or manufacturing, and I've read some stuff on how Toyota conducts after action reviews. Now they don't call it that there's a Japanese word they use, and I can't recall it at the moment, but they spend a lot of time on this ed. Because the it's the objectives. If they actually produce a car that exceeded, uh, that exceeded what their objectives were, what their plan, they actually don't sit around and pop champagne bottles and celebrate. They worried why their objectives weren't right in the first place. Yep, it, it's pretty intense, actually. Yep. So, Ron, why don't you take us through the next
1: set of questions?
2: So then the, uh, so after what were the objectives, because, you know, we make plans and then obviously somebody laughs and, and reality kicks in. The next is what actually happened, what the army refers to as the ground truth and why was it different, right? What actually happened out there and and why was it different than, than what we expected, than what our plans were? And so then we, we analyze that in a little bit more detail by saying uh, what went well, and then why did these things go well, what could have gone better, and why did these things go wrong. So it's kind of like you're looking at the positive things that diverted from the objectives and also the negative things. And then what are we going to do different next time? Uh, and then, Ed, I've seen this in other sources as well, I think from the book. The last question that they use is, um, yeah, how are we going to do it better next time? Kind of like what we were talking about when we did our after action review. Correct. And so very simple questions. You know, if you really think about it, and the Army even has recommended times that they uh, suggested time limits that you spend on these questions, don't they?
1: they do they do and really i've I've seen that not no after action review is really to last more than an hour because that's where where people start to lose interest and it be, starts to become less valuable, so it's really a distillation if you will of the of the knowledge that that we are we're trying to to extract uh, from from having had this in- engagement and a couple things that I wanted to point out on the on the questions is I think the great contribution here is the why questions you know I, I I've sat through plenty of what we used to call post implementation meetings or whatever you want to call them where we sit ourselves and pat on the back and talk about what went well and what 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 could have gone better but then there was no action taken on that and i think that the army ins- inserting those why questions in there is really the great contribution here as well as then the hey and what are we going to do different next time and I have a, a little funny thing that I, when I'm working with organizations on implementing this, you know, the, the army they'll they'll let you do two, three, four, five different things differently. Well, one of the things that I like with the to do about about the what are we going to do different next time is I implement what's called the curly rule. Do you remember uh, City Slickers, Ron? Yes. Right. <laughs> and curly, they ask curly. Curly, what's the secret of life? One thing. One thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 and and really I think the the power behind the after action review in a knowledge worker environment, especially when you're first implementing them, is the curly rule. One thing, okay. not seventeen things. Right. What's the one thing you're gonna do different next time? And and how are you going to implement that? And it's well worth spending some time thinking about those, those type things because that, it, it, this is where the power of this comes in. If you just fix those one thing over and over and over again and create a culture of after-action reviews in your organization, well, then you're going to be much better off. And well, when we get back from our break, we'll be talking more about uh, the cultural aspects of this. And how, how you can implement it in your organization and some fun stories from both Ron and myself on, on how we've implemented these as well. But just a quick reminder, you can reach us at tsoe at verisage.com. Flip that and go to verisage.com slash TSOE to get show notes, including the stuff on this after action review. And also pound TSOE on Twitter as the hashtag if you want us to take a look at what you have to say live and in streaming. So, but right after this break from Sage, we'll be back with more on the after action review.
3: America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You've experienced it. Marketing and selling has changed dramatically in the last few years. The search engine has completely altered the way customers buy. Your clients are now driving the process their way. At Leading Results, we know how to work with this. We don't just jump in and start doing Together, we plan your marketing strategy. Install a website that gets results and create lead generation programs that drive sales. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more and to schedule a 30-minute conversation with us.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america. Table for one? Right. There's like a 12 of you, miss. Oh. Just my back office. They're always with me. Okay. With Sage, you're securely connected to your back office no matter where you are. So you can make the sale, send the invoice, and see how it all adds up from anywhere. Uh, they're not gonna get out of hand, are they? Now the power to make confident business decisions follows you everywhere. Use Sage to make your back office as mobile as you are at workfromsage.com. That's workfromsage.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Kless. To find out more about our show, visit Verisage.com. You may also tweet us at Verisage. That's V-E-R-A-S-A-G-E. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise.
2: Well, welcome back, everybody. You know, Ed, you're talking about recommended times on this, and the Army suggests no more than an hour. And they, they do have a rule, 25-25-50, uh, which is 25% reviewing what happened, 25% reviewing why it happened, and then the remaining 50% on what to do about it and how can you learn from it to improve. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I found in the, that I learned from the book as well, Hope is Not a Method, is... The objective of these after-action reviews is not just to correct things but rather to correct thinking because the army has learned that flawed assumptions are the largest factor in flawed execution. And and I think that's just another way of saying one of our favorite mantras that there's no good way to execute a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. So. So they're really going after thinking here and some of the assumptions behind that rather than just talking about, you know, how to build the bridge better. I mean, that's certainly a part of it. And that's going to happen as a natural consequence of asking some of these questions. But then, like you say, the why questions dig behind that and get to the thinking behind it. It, It's kind of like Toyota's five whys, right? If you Mm -hmm. keep asking why like a little kid does, that really gets to the heart of the issue.
1: It, it does. And, and and I think that there there's even a commercial out now on brokerage firms. So why? 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 And the good guy's like, Yeah, why do I pay my broker? <laughs> um,
2: but, but, it, but but Ed, I, I know you've facilitated a lot of these after action reviews because I think you really love to do it and, and, and I have too, and and it is fun, especially if you weren't involved in the project and you're just kind of acting as the facilitator, you really do, do see the transformation in people's thinking. I understand you do this in your family.
1: Okay, yeah, this is really kind of s- sadistic and twisted, I suppose. That, But, well, I, I, I joke. It's, um, it's, it's been a fascinating journey. So I, I teach this class on a fairly regular basis about consulting theory and practice. And I, I, the last thing I talk about is the after-action review, or one of the last things I talk about. Uh, the, and the class ends on a Thursday. And when I deliver the class in Dallas, I'm able to get home in time for dinner. So this happened – oh, gosh, now. It's got to be five years ago, and my son, who's now eight, going to be nine in December, was three, going to be four. And we're sitting around dinner, and I'm, I'm still pondering this whole after-action review concept. And as we, were, we, we sit down, I, I turn to my son, and I say, Sean, so um, what went well today? My wife
2: Christine's like, "Oh God, <laughs> roll like, their really? eyes." Yeah, it's like, "Really?" <laughs> I've seen people roll their eyes in class when you explain this. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're like, you oh, really?" So, so we, you know, we kept it simple. We did, we did not go through the whys, but I did ask him. So what went well today? And he came up with something in the three-year-old term. And then I said, "So, so what? What was bad today?" Right? And he, I'll always remember what he said. He said, "Yeah, well." When I it was a windy day, and when I got out of the car, the the car door came and it it, it slammed my my hand. Now he didn't fortunately did not get his hand caught like in the door. It just kind of hit it, grazed it on the way by. Right. And he said it, and it hurt a lot. <laughs> like okay, <laughs> so I asked him. So all right, buddy, what are, what are you going to do different tomorrow? And he kind of processed this for a little bit, you know. And he said, Well, I guess I at the, before I get in the car, I could go outside. And it's go to the end of the driveway and see how windy it is, and if it's real windy, I'm going to make sure to move real fast away from the car as I when I get out of it. And I'm like, okay, life skill seventeen accomplished. I'm a successful parent, right? Like, At three, yeah, that's pretty you know, good. This is, <laughs> the kid is now thinking, how can I not injure myself? That's good. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good skill, and. Then something interesting happened. We had a big laugh about it. The next night uh, happened, and and I was having fun with this, so I asked him the same thing. I forget what the answers were. So that was Friday night. Saturday night rolls around, and by this point, it had lost its luster a little bit. (laughs) But halfway through dinner, Sean turns to me and says, So, Dad, what went well? (laughs) 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 and he liked this game, you know, he thought this was, this was kind of fun and turned the tables on me pretty quickly. And, and what's cool about this is this is now the standard dinner conversation at the class household. And we did it last night because we had, we had the opportunity to have dinner together and I do a lot of travel. So it doesn't, doesn't always happen with me, but I assure you that it, it now happens on a regular basis, even when I'm not here. And we've introduced Kara to the family now who's five and, I can I can tell you with absolute certainty that this has, without question, made for a a better familial experience. and And both my my spouse, Christine, and I think that we're better parents because of it, and that our our kids uh, are tend not always, but tend to be more mature than their 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 counterparts, and do look at things in a little bit different light because of this process.
2: That's awesome, and and you know, in a business context, we're so we're all so busy, and we move quickly from one thing to another, and we just don't take the time to step back and reflect. You know, which I think is it comes from Latin verb meaning refold, right? Mm-hmm. To look at to look at what we just learned, to look at it in a new way, because reflection without action, of course, would be passivity, but action without reflection is thoughtlessness. Mm-hmm. But if you combine you know, action with reflection, then you're gonna get end up with learning that lasts. And, and I think that's the big advantage from the after action review. And as usual, Ed Yogi Berra, he, he said this the best about <laughs> and he said this in, in terms uh in context of Bill Dickey. He said, yeah, Bill Dickey, he's learning me all his experience. Yeah. <laughs> Which is is exactly what the after action review is designed to do. And just real briefly, this is a cultural change isn't it because this this isn 't just about technology this is something that you have to actually have to embed in the culture as the army talked about, and it, it it really is about learning and doing things better and one of the consequences i've seen from these is it drives out fear because if you're r- really willing to sit around and talk about what you know these questions then it's going to drive out fear. You're, not, you're, not, you're no longer afraid to make mistakes or to screw up. And I just, I, I love what surgeons say. You know, they say that they have a great uh, philosophy when you make a mistake as a surgeon. Forgive and remember. Mm. And the after action review enables you to do both of those.
1: Right. Well, th- I I love this topic, and you're right, Ron. I love to do these. I love to, to facilitate after-action reviews, and I'm uh, looking forward to the, our after-action review in about five minutes after we close That's the show, because we will, we will get on <laughs> and do one of these again. But just to set up next week's show, we have a, a great guest for next week, uh, the fa- Father Robert Sirico, author of the book Defending the Free Market, and... He is the head of the Acton Institute. You want to ch- maybe want to check that out ahead of time. ACTON.org. dot uh, He is a parish priest in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, Michigan, who started this think tank on integrating the free markets with with a uh, religious philosophy and. He is a fascinating fascinating guy. You probably know his brother, uh, uh James Sirico, as Paulie Walnuts on the uh on HBO's um uh, the S- the
2: Sopranos. So, the fascinating Sopranos. guest next week. Yep. I can't wait. Ed. I'm so I I had the great good fortune of meeting Father Sirico at, at one of the premieres of the movie The Call of the Entrepreneur, which I'm sure we'll get to talk to him about. I, I just can't wait till next week. I'm so excited having him on. Yep.
1: Going to be a great show. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy sponsored by Sage, supporting small and medium-sized businesses by creating greater freedom for them to succeed. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, feel free to visit us at www.verisage.com TSOE. See you in 167 hours.